0: Friday. It is the holiday season. This is fantasy football today, DFS. And if it's 11 o'clock, you know, it's me. It's Mike McClure talking the main slate on Sunday. We have a nine game main slate. Mike, I got to be honest with you. This is a curious one, like the last couple of slates. And this is partly because we have games on Saturday. We have games, a few games on, on Monday. So this is one of those slates where I think it's advantageous to us because there's not a lot of obvious plays, right?
1: Yeah, I think there's not, there are definitely a few obvious, but not a ton of obvious. Uh, I like it anytime we can condense the player pool just a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think it, you know, if you're very sure of where you want to go, you want as few options as possible. You don't want to give, you know, introduce more variants and allow other people other opportunities. So I like this kind of slate Um, when we get this late in the year, when we start to get Saturday games, things like that. I think it's fantastic for main slate DFS.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this when it comes to obvious plays, I agree with you. There are some obvious plays, but I think what I was getting at is from a stacking standpoint, I think there's a lot of different directions you can go and and justify some low end plays, some high end plays and some medium range plays. So I'm actually really curious to get your opinion on all of those as we kind of get through this, by the way. We have, of course, the nine-game slate. I just created the FFT DFS contest for that one. I created it a little late because we also had the Saturday contest going. So just keep in mind, I just tweeted it out. The main account might retweet it as well. The Saturday contest, which is about half full, and I literally just tweeted out The Sunday contest which I just started so if you could just go to my Twitter account or it'll be in the podcast description or the YouTube description it might even be thrown into the the chat here go ahead and register for both of those it's 150 um, per contest I lowered it from 200 to 150 Um, so definitely five bucks for, for each contest try to register for that short slate and then this bigger nine game slate by the way before we get to Lions Vikings Grayson Mike he says He knows you're sweating an 11 o'clock game, which literally just tipped off. He says, if we get any live betting opportunities, uh, please let us know, is basically what he says. Um, And Haas says, I was the show's first like today, CEO. Will you call me Santa Claus on air as a Christmas gift? I think I just did, Haas. And thank you for being the first like and hopefully not the last like. Everybody in the chat, please always hit the like button right when you get in here. Santa Claus, indeed. Claus, indeed. All right. Let's go to Lions minus three at the Vikings, the 47-point total. I think this one has a lot of intrigue, Mike. I mean, obviously, we know Jared Goff in a dome environment can absolutely go off. I mean, granted, this Vikings defense, it can be formidable, but if Goff gets some time to get to his receivers, which he might not have, but if he gets some time to get to his receivers, I think it's a great game environment for Jared Goff, who may not be super popular on this slate. On the other side of the ball, though, Mike, Nick Mullins at 5,300. I mean, we saw him sling it last week, and I don't think this coaching staff, we saw it with Joshua Dobbs too. They're not afraid to let their gunslingers sling. So at Mullins at 5,300, and you look at, let's say, for example, Justin Jefferson at 8,100, that is a pretty cost-effective stack when you consider the 5,300 and and the 8,100 there. There's a lot to love in this game. Obviously, the Detroit running backs, Ty Chandler's only 5,600. He's going to get all the work. Are you deeply immersed in this game?
1: I am, see, I think this game's fantastic. You know, we talk about it all the time. You want to back Detroit when they're playing indoors in a dome, much like the Rams we saw last night. Those are two offenses that really get going when they play in controlled environments. Love that spot for Nick Mullins, frankly, getting to play in a controlled environment. I think that's going to help him as well. Uh, so I think this game's got some sneaky shootout potential. A lot of big playability on both sides. I will be stacking it for sure. Uh, I like Nick Mullins. Uh, It's hard not to at the price point, really, at 5,300. Ty Chandler in the running back, uh, pretty clear that he has earned the role already. Um, You know, you do have some concern if Madison is ultimately able to go. He did not practice yesterday. Um, Either way, if Madison does suit up, I I do expect it to still be Chandler. So I like all the uh, skill position players in this game, really. Uh, I think you cannot really go wrong. The Minnesota side's going to be way higher owned because of the pricing. Yeah. Um Detroit side kind of seems weird to say they could be contrarian in this matchup, but considering this game and one of the other games on the slate, they actually could be a little under-owned for their
0: skill set. Yeah, I was going to say on the golf side, I'm starting to think, and, and you know. It's only Friday, so podcasts like this come out. They probably point out, hey, you know, that Jared Goff side, it doesn't have a lot of ownership. So we could see this ownership tick up in what's going to be one of the few higher totals and great game environments. But to me, if it's going to be contrarian, Goff at 6,900, Amon Ross St. Brown at 8,200, Laporta 6,400. Like, I feel like they're all in play, and obviously Gibbs and Montgomery 7,000 and 6,900 respectively. I think they're okay plays, although the, the Vikings, you know, pretty good against the run here, Um, decent against the pass too. But if you were playing the golf side, would you be double stacking it with like an Amon Ross St. Brown and a Sam Laporte, or would you be going in a different direction?
1: Uh, It would probably be a double stack. It would be a, for sure, a minimum of uh, three pass catchers. And what I mean by that, at least one of his and two bring backs on the other side. Uh, So if I'm playing golf, I need a minimum of three players in that game. Uh, in a Jared Goff lineup, and I will tell you, I think he's going to be very underowned. Uh, just looking at everything that I ran, I told the computer to build fifty lineups, and when I, for full disclosure, when I do this this early in the week, I use my own projection set, and then I use some of the other popular ones around the industry to generate what everyone else that's using those services is generating.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: I do that, building fifty lineups on both sets, it only gives me two quarterbacks, and. Nick Mullins is one of them. Jared Goff is not. It's Justin Fields and Nick Mullins. That's where everyone is going this week. Um, So yeah, Jared Goff, I'm looking single digit ownership right now.
0: That's funny because I thought we'll get to the Justin Fields game. When I first look and I understand he's playing Arizona, but when I first looked at this slate, I thought Justin Fields might be somewhat contrarian. And I was also factoring in maybe some weather concerns in Chicago as well. Nothing super significant, but I didn't realize he was going to be, you know, showing up uh, in, in a lot of these, whatever, whether they be optimizers or, or just uh, ownership projections. So uh, a little surprising there. Let me ask you this. If I'm doing a Jared Goff stack and I'm doing it with either Amon, let's say I'm doing it with Amon Ross St. Brown on the bring back. Do, do you think we can afford going Justin Jefferson? And, and if so, is, is Ty Chandler potentially another piece? Or do you actually want another receiver or tight end in that in that bring back?
1: So I think Chandler's going to have to be a piece just because of the pricing uh, yeah. at that point. If if you're going to allocate 82 to St. Brown, 81 to Justin Jefferson. By the way, Justin Jefferson, I know Nick Mullins as a quarterback. He he looks fantastic. He should not be cheaper than a monitor St. Brown. It's it's kind of a free square this week in my opinion. So yeah. Um, but yeah, you're going to need Chai Chandler just because of uh, some of the pricing um, at 5600, especially if Madison is out. It, it's nearly a free square. He's been heavily involved in the passing game, really. Uh, you know, seeing three, four targets, I think that would continue in this game. So, yeah, if you're going to build a Goff, Amon-Ra lineup, I think the start of it would be Goff, Chandler, Amonra, St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, uh, and, and then you'd kind of have to build from
0: there. This is the first time I'm doing this, Mike, on the fly. And sorry, Zach, for doing this too. By the way, we got Zach producing today, doing a great job. If you're if you're listening to this, just know that what Zach's really doing is. Every game, he's pulling up the DraftKings screen for that uh, individual game, and he's pulling up box scores and game game logs, things of that nature, which is, I think, super helpful, hopefully, for the viewers that are watching, uh, including uh, Haslan Roberts, who says, the absolute best DFS podcast and nothing comes close. I, I cannot necessarily... Um, verify that objectively, but I, I appreciate your opinion. And I hope uh, that is true for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. just, just like I said, Zach, I'm changing my stack on my cheat sheet. Uh, and so I'll, uh, I'll update that. Sorry about that uh, last minute change. Okay. Are we done with lines Vikings? Let me ask you this before we move on. And again, we're spending a lot of time on this game because this is one of the higher totals, one of the better game environments. Yep. Are Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery entering the conversation for you at all when you generate these lineups?
1: Not for me. Um, Normally, I would say, yeah, go for it. But the situation I'd want to deploy those guys would be the situation where it's reversed a little bit, where Goff is the chalk to maybe get away from that while still betting on the team having success. That's where I really want to pivot. Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to take the value at running back. So, uh, you know, I don't want to give out a full lineup here, but just briefly building through it. You could build Goff, Chandler, Brees Hall. Uh, Wilson's been ruled out. Brees Hall is probably going to touch the football a lot. Amonra, St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, maybe a guy like Elijah Moore. Jets defense. You, know, like you could build out a very uh, correlated and respectable team still with Goff and Jefferson and Amonra. So definitely going to be some interesting tournament plays this week.
0: Okay, and last thing on this, between Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson, I assume your preference is going to be uh, Laporta
1: yeah I like both. Um, I actually lean Hawkinson currently. Um,
0: I didn't realize he was six hundred less. my bad. I thought he was yeah. the same price fifty eight hundred Hawkinson' sixty four hundred Laporta. So is that part of the reason you're leaning towards Hawkinson?
1: Yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, it's all price sensitivity at this point, but it's just slightly to the Hawkinson side. Um, if I could see the game going in any particular way, it wouldn't shock me to see an early Mullins turnover. Uh, and putting Minnesota in that trailing game script. Uh, I know it's projected to be competitive. They're playing at home. It wouldn't shock me if they're down two scores at any point here and Mm -hmm. and working their way back. And that's where I think Hawkinson would really, really benefit from having a guy like Justin Jefferson out there. Um, So I do lean Hawkinson just slightly.
0: Okay, let's move on to a game we're not going to talk about quite as much, I don't think. Seahawks minus three at the Titans, 41.5 point total. Uh, I don't know if we have uh full answers on Geno Smith and Drew Locke at this point. Uh either way, not super interested in this game. I mean, obviously if Gino were fully healthy, even if, if we knew about Drew Locke and, and, and Geno Smith, and maybe we do, Mike, you can clarify. But you know, I certainly against the Titans pass defense, I don't mind a stack obviously with Tyler Lockett, uh, with DK Metcalf, maybe throw in JSN. So I don't hate that at all. I just I don't know that we've declared the quarterback yet. And then on the other side, we've got the Titans where It's looking like it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. I'm not really interested in any of the skill players on that side of the ball. I mean, if you want to take a shot at Derrick Henry, feel free. I'm not going to do it. What do you like in this one?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to end up getting to a lot here. Uh, It is going to be Geno Smith. It looks like he's participated fully in practice. Um, Frankly, maybe this is not a fair comment to make, but I think he doesn't want to worry about losing his job. I think that he, uh, I don't think he's Mm. going to lose the job to Locke, but Locke has been. Solid at times. Definitely gives him a uh, a downfield threat at times as well. But Geno Smith's going to play. At 5,800, he is playable in DFS. Um, they should win this game. The Titans don't have anything to play for. While the Seahawks essentially saved the season with the win over the Eagles, they, they do have a lot to play for still. Um, having said that, I'm not going to get there. But I, I do think Geno Smith will garner a few clicks. Just because he's really close to Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, Um, now cheaper than Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell. Um, I I think it's possible that people do play a little bit of Geno. So I'm not going to play anything in this game, but yeah.
0: Who would be the pass catcher that people are going to be pairing with Geno Smith? Is it DK Metcalf at 6,700, Tyler Lockett at 5,600, or or maybe a throw in JSN at 4,500 as well?
1: Um, Let me see. I don't... Looks like Lockett is the only one showing, uh, Smith and Jigba's showing up a little bit too, but Lockett the most, uh, but not very frequently. So I would say Lockett, it would not be Metcalf, I would be my guess.
0: And in spite of the Titans being a pretty good rush defense, Kenneth Walker at 6,200, any love there? I would imagine he's going to be slightly contrarian, even though perhaps, in my opinion, maybe he shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, very contrarian, I think. Um, just looking at some of the running back stuff, I think Ty Chandler, again, is going to be kind of that uh, that free square this week. Uh, I think he's going to be 35% owned. Um, mm-hmm. The guy in that range, there, there's a couple of them, actually, that I, I think are super viable, and why I'm not going to be on Walker is going to be Brees Hall and Bijan John Robinson. Uh, Brees, gotcha. again, quarterback Zach Wilson out playing Washington. Uh, Washington still loves to throw, so adds a lot of plays in the game generally. Um, so yeah, I, am not going to play Walker, but I'm trying to look, I'm showing him, uh, around five to 6% on.
0: Okay. Uh, interesting contrarian spot there. If you think Walker is going to go off, I do think we're going to see a continued disparity in the touches between Zach Charbonnet and, uh, Kenneth Walker in favor of Kenneth Walker, of course. All right, let's go to Colts plus two and a half at the Falcons. Uh, certainly a decent game environment. Uh, then you talk about the quarterbacks and it's interesting because Taylor Heineke is going to be the quarterback. For the Falcons, as a Commanders fan, um, pretty big fan of Taylor Heineke, but I don't know that I'm a fan of him from a DFS standpoint. We have Minshew at 5900, so his price is starting to get to a point where it's like, all right, well, I don't know, I don't know that I want to play the Yolo Minshew thing because now we're we're like we're approaching 6000 here. Michael Pittman does look like he's going to play; he's 7400. Jonathan Taylor, um, I'm guessing, is going to be a little popular here, especially if Zach Moss is out. But we don't, I don't know that we know whether Zach Moss is. Definitely playing or not, but Jonathan Taylor at 7,200 certainly seems pretty valuable there coming back from the uh, thumb injury. Other than that, I Drake London, 5,100 uh, pits at 4,000 I think is very interesting. Do you like anything in this game, Mike?
1: You know, I've got some interest in Bijan Robinson. I know that that uh, isn't fun for a lot of people. The volume is certainly frustrating at times. Uh, however, I do like this matchup for him. So he, he's, you know, in my player pool. I totally get people wanting to exit out and just not, uh, not really mess with that situation. Um, Again, it's very, very frustrating for sure. Uh, I think the talent is still there. It's somewhat priced in. So if you want to play Jonathan Taylor, I think that's fine too. Uh, Do need to clarify quickly. Yeah. Moss didn't practice. I I would guess he doesn't play. Um, As far as Taylor, I really just don't know what the volume is going to be. I know they may have to go there. Um, yeah, I. it's too early for me to tell, unfortunately, here. I will try to update a, that on Sportsline a little later, uh, but my preference at running back is going to be heavy towards Ty chandler Brees Hall. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: These guys are projecting as playable, though. They're like in the player pool when I generate 50 lineups.
0: I will say this about Jonathan Taylor. If Moss is out, I do think we're going to see a spike in his ownership. And and part of the reason aside from the fact that he's really talented, I mean, the Falcons are a, a pretty solid rush defense for the record. So it's not like it's this pristine matchup for him necessarily, but I do think he gets a lot of volume partly because we are talking about a thumb injury. It's not like one of those Aaron Jones situations or, or or just a situation where he wasn't able to sort of rehab like his body uh, and, and stay in shape while he was nursing the thumb injury. Like typically with those types of injuries, you're staying in shape. The reps aren't going to be as big of a deal. So. Um, interesting play, Jonathan Taylor. We know his spike game potential. Did we miss anybody in this game or are you kind of moving on from it? We're we're not doing Minshew and are we doing Pittman who looks like he's going to play?
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention with Pittman. I I think that the situation where I fully expect him to go um, Mm -hmm. once you participate after the concussion, you're generally going to play. If he, for some reason, wasn't going to play, that's when I think we'd see a massive spike in Taylor's workload uh, and ownership. So as of right now, neither one of them will be a core piece. Both are fringe playable for me. Um, Pittman, like, it, it's so difficult with him because he clearly is very talented. He clearly can get there uh, and would get there, frankly, again, every week with without the injury, right, even against a defense like Pittsburgh. He's just so close in price to Justin Jefferson and Amandre St. Brown um, that it becomes a very interesting decision. I'm going to be on the Justin Jefferson side for sure, but you know, I, I will be the first to admit I've been lower on Michael Pittman all season than I should have been.
0: Yeah. And this is one of those situations where Pittman might end up, believe it or not, in spite of all the work he's been getting. And again, the box score would have looked a lot different last week, would have looked similar to the three games prior, which is an amazing box score. With how good he's been, it'll be interesting to see if ownership is down on him because I will be very happy to pivot off of, let's say, Justin Jefferson uh, to Michael Pittman. And maybe I take pieces from that game still, but it's not the Justin Jefferson piece. And I get Pittman with 11 yeah. targets, catching nine of them for you know 110 yards and a touchdown. So interesting game, good game environment there. Let's move on. If you have questions about any of these games, because we're not like literally covering every single player, that would be a two-hour show. So if <laughs> we miss somebody, um, go ahead and, and ask us a question. We're happy to answer it. Uh, Haslan, yeah, we, we put – well, let's say it again because we have it up on the screen. He says the absolute best DFS podcast, and nothing comes close. Um, and let's see. Uh, there, were there other questions? I don't think we have any other – Questions yet about the DFS slate, so we can move on to Packers minus four and a half at the Panthers. So I think there are a couple interesting plays in this one. Speaking of chalky running backs, well, I don't know that these are going to be chalky running backs. Actually, in fact, I think they're going to be one's going to be a little chalky, one's going to be a little contrarian. But the pieces I want from this game, one, I think I want Dontavian Wicks. I know Jaden Reed probably in the conversation as well. Uh, I think he's healthy enough to play. I know he might have had a limited practice earlier in the week, but Dontavian Wicks really showed out last week and, and Romeo Dobbs was like nowhere to be seen. So I thought Wicks was going to be nursing an injury. I thought Dobbs might have a bigger role, but Wicks was awesome. So I like him at 4,300, but I also like Aaron Jones at 6,400. I think he's going to be contrarian. I think he's really sneaky, especially when we consider the, the guys that are around Aaron Jones that, that we've already talked about, whether it's Brees Hall or Bijan Robinson, like people are going to be going that direction. I think if A.J. Dillon is out, which we don't know for sure yet, I think Jones could be in for a lot of work. It's a gamble because we know how injury-prone he's been this season. I like him. I like Chuba Hubbard at 5,700. I like Dontavian Wicks, and then I'm out on this one. What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, You know, If Jaden Reed was going to play, I like him. I don't know that he's going to play, unfortunately. Um, If he does, this might be a time where I think we do pivot to Wicks with him in. Uh, I'm always a little skeptical when it's multiple things that are keeping you on the injury report, right? So he's Mm -hmm. dealing with a chest injury and the toe, uh, two possible things that, uh, you know, you're using the toe, obviously on every play with the chest, you're getting hit. Um, he did not practice at all yesterday, so it'll be very interesting to see, like, I know he wants to be out there. Maybe he will be still, um, Definitely projects as one of those situations where he could be out there and be right back off the field very quickly to me. So I I do like Wicks either way. Um, As far as the running backs, I I think Chuba Hubbard is going to be somewhat popular. I like him. I'm not going to touch the Green Bay situation unless we get a ton more clarity. And Mm -hmm. the situation in which I would be interested in the Green Bay spot would likely be something like Jaden Reed's out for sure, A.J. Dillon's out for sure. And we really remove some of those guys that can touch the football around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, that's why we like Jane Reed so much, right? Is he he's very involved around the line of scrimmage. If we remove those pieces, then I could start to get interested. Um, as of right now, it's the guy you called out. I think Wicks is probably the best value play here.
0: Yeah, Wicks for sure. I think keep an eye on Chuba Hubbard, but specifically keep an eye on Aaron Jones because I think no matter what, he's going to be relatively contrarian. And again, th- this is one of those where you're looking for the spike game, but the floor might be you know lower than we want it to be with Aaron Jones, considering how this season has gone for him. But again, there's a lot of contrarian plays, I think, at the running back position that have tremendous upside. And I, I don't yeah. think we see that on every slate. I, I just think there's in that 6K range, even the high 5K range, I think there's a lot of guys you can pivot from onto uh lower owned players. All right, let's go to speaking of pivoting. Let's pivot to Brown's minus two and a half at the Texans. Um, interesting game. It looks like it's going to be case Keenum again. It looks like it's going to be, of course, Joe Flacco for the Browns. I'm not super interested in much in this game. I do think speaking of running backs to get a lot of volume, here's another one, Devin Singletary. He is the RB one. It's, it's really not a shared backfield with Damian Pierce. So Singletary really getting a lot of those touches if not all of those touches frankly I, I don't know that I want to play anything on the Case Keenum side we'll have to see if Nico Collins is going to play Noah Brown's certainly going to play Dalton Schultz the Flacco side I think might be interesting but I think this Texans defense is pretty good so Mike I'm kind of out on this game I would consider Singletary but I don't think I'm going to get there with so many other running backs that I love so this is one of those games I'm just not going to get any pieces of how about you
1: yeah, I'm so torn on this game, Sia. I really, I want to have a Joe Flacco lineup. I am questionable on how good Houston's defense is. I think they're okay. Yeah. Um, I also think that they've kind of benefited from a soft schedule, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for, first of all, the Titans, that offense is not good. They The, the yeah. Texans defense looked good there, but that Texan Titans offense is not uh, not great. So Singletary is probably the most interesting call out because the volume is absurd. Like it's very possible. Uh, he touches the football 30 times again. Like it's incredibly possible. In which case he'd be right there and probably the ultimate pivot from a guy like Chandler or playing him alongside of him. Um, with case Keenum in Keenum's going to be looking to get rid of that football as quickly as he can. Uh, I think he's going to dump passes again to Singletary. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, just important to note on the, the Texans, right? When you look at the schedule, they they had a tight game uh, against the Jaguars, allowed 24 points to them. But they they played the Cardinals, a beat-up Bengals team, the Broncos, who only scored 17 points against some Broncos we've seen, kind of fraudulent offensively. The Jets, they allowed 30 points to the Jets offensively. Mm. Um, I just think there's room for Flacco now in a controlled environment. Uh, the other thing that is fascinating to me uh, with Flacco is, is the pass volume. They're letting the guy sling it for sure. Yeah. Uh he's thrown no fewer than 44 passes in a start this year. <laughs> in these three Amazing. starts, he's like it, it it's incredible. So um I'm probably going to play a Flacco lineup with the single Terry bring back just based on the volume and uh getting some dumped passes to him.
0: Who's your favorite uh, person to pair Flacco with? Is it Amari Cooper at 6,400, or do you go right to the tight end, David Njoku at 5,300?
1: It's got to be the tight end Njoku for me. Um, He's played three games with Joe Flacco. He's been targeted 28 times in those three games. Um, And and those are not all, you know, four-yard passes at the line of scrimmage. He's taken shots downfield to Njoku, uh, who's just an incredible athlete. So I like him, and I do like Elijah Moore a little bit. Uh, just price point on Elijah Moore. We haven't really seen it materialize yet. Uh, Twelve targets in that first game, only three in the last one. Still has the skill set, though. Um, so,
0: yeah, Ninjoku you, would be my in,
1: first choice, though.
0: In that lineup, like Flacco to Ninjoku, do you do you have a bring bringback? Uh, Singletary. Would bring back? It would just be Singletary, the game okay.
1: stack environment betting on Singletary's
0: volume. Okay, sounds good. And uh, Haslin Roberts asks. What about Tucker Craft? So I'm not really big on Tucker Craft for a couple reasons. One, I do want to point out Luke Musgrave's um, 21-day window has been opened up. I don't know that he's playing in this game, but I think the bigger problem is that his craft is now 3,700, and I just don't think, like, there's so many good tight ends, and Joku's one of them, but there's a lot of good tight ends that, frankly, I might want to pay up for, and even if I was running a two-tight end lineup, I don't think Tucker Craft would make it at 3,700. It would be different if he was staying at that 3000. Uh, price range. But is Tucker Craft really in any of your lineups, Mike?
1: He, he's not this week. Um, I know it looks attractive. Anytime, you know, you see a 30, a three is the first number in the price point. You're like, yeah, I could get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: it is important to note, you know, we've been on Tucker Kraft a little bit the last few weeks. Uh, that was at 3K, 3K, 2,800. Um, the move from that 2,800 week to 3,700 is a significant price increase uh, for such a low
0: volume position. So uh,
1: I'm yeah. going to be out personally, but would not shock me if he gets there at all.
0: Uh, agree with that. And I, and again, I think there's a lot of tight ends more in that 4k to mid 5k range that I think are really playable. I don't, I don't know that this is the week to pay down a tight end, especially if you can find some value, maybe at the receiver position, maybe with your quarterback stack and at the running back position. Okay. Let's go to The Commanders, uh, plus three at the Jets, 37 and a half point total. This game has to be played because it's on the schedule. But I don't love this game really in any way. We know Zach Wilson is out for this game. I believe it's Trevor Simeon at quarterback at 4,700. Now, I think Mike Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall certainly make sense. The volume likely to go to those two guys. I'm not going to be anything Washington-related. I assume it's Sam Howell at quarterback, although let's be honest, Jacoby Brissett appeared to outplay him in, in a mere two drives. Uh, when he came into the game, the 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 target volumes spread way too thin to like any commanders. Brian Robinson looks like he's back, so you can't go to uh, a flyer on Antonio Gibson. I I don't like anything. I don't even think I'm getting to Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson. But it, it sounds like Brees Hall is somebody that perhaps I should be reconsidering. Uh, take it away.
1: Yeah, I like Brees Hall here. Uh, first of all, when you look at a box score, everyone's going to be a little terrified of the 2.8 fantasy points last week, and so such low volume. Uh, I think we all know how that game went. They they were just absolutely getting destroyed uh, on the road at Miami. So I, I think this is a good spot to go back to him. I know we have a quarterback change. You cannot ignore the passing work down the, the, there for him. They're not going to have success throwing the football down the field, even against Washington, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's going to have volume there. I think he's going to touch the football enough on a PPR site. Um, and there's obviously correlation with his defense. So I, I like Brees Hall. Um, He's one of my favorite running backs in that price range.
0: You know what? You know what I fear with the season. I understand, like these players want to play, but with the season obviously over, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. All of that stuff. I, I fear that Dalvin Cook gets some extra carries. Like we could see yeah. um, that the third string running back, which I I don't want to butcher his name right now. Uh, but I, I, that that would be my fear with Brees Hall. And, and so here's my take, Mike. I, I get playing anybody against Washington. But if, if Riesel is going to be one of the, let's say the top and you, maybe you can clarify it. if he's going to be one of the top two or three owned running backs, I just feel like there's so many good running backs in that range that I just, I think we can have a fine game, but I just don't mind pivoting to somebody with maybe a similar upside, at least maybe a smaller floor, a lower floor, but similar upside.
1: Yeah, no. And the more we talk through it, the more we look at it, I might end up playing more Singletary than Hall. Um, mm-hmm. I'm showing him about the fourth or fifth owned running back. It's basically Ty Chandler, Rashad White, Jonathan Taylor, and then it's Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Chuba Hubbard, Devin Singletary. That bunch of Robinson, Hall, Hubbard, and Singletary is going to move a bit uh, over the next 48 hours, essentially, based off podcasts like this, things like that. Um, I might be moving more towards Singletary.
0: Interesting that Rashad White at 7,400 is still garnering that type of attention. I'm not not necessarily saying he shouldn't because he's been a beast, uh, which I never thought I would say, by the way. Um, But it's a really good transition to what is going to be the first game of the 4 o'clock slate, which we're going to get to right after a message from our partners. All right. If you're a fan of the show, you know, right after the four o'clock slate, we do our cheat sheets and Mike's top three at each position, which we'll we'll touch on maybe some of the cash game options for your cash game lineups if if you're playing cash games uh, this week in week 16 as well. Also, if you're a fan of the show, you probably have already hit the like button. Really appreciate that. We've had a couple of reviews come down over the last couple of days, which we absolutely appreciate. Mike, complimenting you. I think one person, unless I'm confusing this for Twitter, one person said he's He's using your info and he's, he's, he's been hitting big. That might've been a Twitter comment actually. And then there was one uh, complimenting Meg shop, who of course is on our Tuesday show on our Tuesday show, four Oh five Jaguars plus three at the Buccaneers, 41 and a half point total. It doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence is going to go unless a report has come out this morning, but it looks like concussion protocol. I know he didn't practice yesterday. It's looking like CJ Beathard may be the guy he's 5,100 for the record. Uh, Baker on the other side, I think it's a pretty good matchup. Listen, the Jaguars can be exposed through the air uh, for sure. Certainly more through the air than through the ground. And Baker's been pretty good. So I, I think Baker at 6,200 and, you know, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, who kind of exploded last week, finally, he's 6,200. Maybe we chase those points since we know the talent that Chris Godwin is. I'm not interested in a stack either way here, Mike. But I do think maybe it's now time to pivot from Mike Evans to a very reasonably priced Chris Godwin at 6,200. Otherwise, I think I'm out, including out on Rashad White. What say you on this game? Yeah, I'm
1: mostly going to be out on the game. I do think Mike Evans is interesting. I just think he's going to go a little under-owned here, and the reason mm-hmm. for it, uh, you know, Pittman's probably going to play, and then you've the, the price point's just so close to him on St. Brown and Justin Jefferson uh, in what I believe to be a far superior game environment. So yeah. I, I like Mike Evans a little bit as a contrarian play, but – Mostly off of this, I'm going to fade Rashad White again at the price point. I'm probably going to regret it on Sunday afternoon. Um, as far as Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to play.
0: Okay, uh, fair enough.
1: He's been, he, he looks like he's going to practice. He's got this streak where he's never missed a start. And hmm. they make such a big deal about it that I, I think that uh, he's going to force his way out there on the field again. So, concussion and the ankle. He's going to practice today, or at least supposedly he's going to. Um, I think he ultimately plays again, just like a couple weeks ago where we thought there's no way he plays, Mm -hmm. uh, and he did. I I think we see the same thing again.
0: Let me ask you this, because if you're looking for value on this slate, it doesn't look – we know Christian Kirk is out. Uh, It doesn't look like Zay Jones is going to play. That's my impression right now. Again, these things can change we've got Calvin Ridley at 6,300, but then Parker Washington at 3,800. We saw Jamal Agnew get loose last week at 3,400. You know, this is one of those punts where it could really burn you because Jamal Agnew, even with two leading receivers out, he's just not going to get a ton of volume, but I'm just wondering if you'd consider maybe one of these punt ish options like Parker Washington or Jamal Agnew, if you're looking for value, or is there just value somewhere else? I think there's
1: value somewhere else. And I think that it's, it's definitely forcing it. Um, mm. you know, Agnew is always tough because every time the Jags are on prime time, I get to play Agnew at like 800 bucks in DFS on a showdown slate. And it's fantastic. Mm. Like we love it. Right. Uh, cause we're only competing for, for points in, in one single game. Now you're doing it on a nine game slate. Um, I can't, you know, when we play a showdown slate and we think he's going to touch the football two times, we're like, yes, sign me up. Like, my $800 player is going to touch the football. Like, let's do this. Not not the case here at $3,400. I think it's just the volume isn't there. The slate is too big. There are a plethora of plays across the board that are less than $1,000 more than him that are viable. Um, while he's a freak athlete, has a ton of upside, I'm going to stay away from it. Um, yeah,
0: I'm going to stay away from this game. And are you in or out on a $7,400 Rashad White?
1: I'm out. I'm completely out. Uh, We've talked about the running backs. We like the quarterback situation. Like the, the build for me is relatively simple this week. I'm paying down at quarterback. I'm paying down at two running backs uh, and and I'm paying up at wide receiver. Like I'm getting the stud wide receivers uh, that exist. And
0: that, that's how I'm building. Okay. Well, there's one quarterback that I think you're willing to pay up a little bit more for. He's kind of in the mid range here in terms of pricing, maybe a little above the mid range here, but Justin Fields is 7,100, and he hosts uh, with the Bears. He hosts the Arizona Cardinals. It's a four-and-a-half-point spread here, 43-point total. I liked Justin Fields as I what I thought was going to be a contrarian play. It doesn't look like that's necessarily going to be the case. I like a Fields-DJ Moore stack against this Arizona defense that can't create any pressure, really bad against the pass. If you don't create pressure on Justin Fields, he usually can um, – really put up some numbers. So I think he's going to put up numbers with his legs and his arms, still trying to prove himself as the QB one for the Chicago bears. I think he can run this back with Trey McBride and pretty much nobody else. I think James is at least interesting because he's been uh, surprisingly good over the last couple of weeks, but Trey McBride at 5,700. I I still think that's, that's still too low on him. He's got a 30% target share. So let me ask you this fields, DJ Moore, McBride bring Brack, and you're out. How does that sound to you?
1: Uh, it sounds good. Sounds good. I, I McBride. I keep wanting to to be off. Um, he's fantastic, frankly. Um, I love love DJ Moore and I love Justin Fields. So I love love that stack and any sort of bring back. Uh, I think that's where I would play it. What I would say there is, I'm only playing McBride if it is a Justin Fields lineup. I'm not going to play gotcha. McBride at that price point uh, as a standalone play this week. It would just be a,
0: as part of a stack. Okay, that's good to know. And when we get to your top three, we'll get uh, an idea of who your standalone tight ends are because uh, they are not named uh, Trey McBride. So, again, Mike is playing Trey McBride in Justin Field stack. Is there is there anybody else on either side of the ball uh, that you're going to be uh, considering in this game?
1: Um, I mean, I'll always want to consider Cole Komet. It's just a matter of, is he going to be out there? He was a limited participation in practice yesterday. That tells me he probably is going to make it work. Um, He's someone that, considering the matchups at times, like I I think he's got some sneaky potential. Um, He's been targeted seven times in each of the last three games. Uh, It works, you know. So I, I like Cole Komet a little bit as long as he's out
0: there. Okay, well, that game is at 425 Arizona-Chicago. Again, it's one of three games on the, the 4 o'clock slate. The next 425 game is Cowboys plus one and a half at the Dolphins. Now, this total is still in that 50, I should say it's about 51 now. 51, 51 and a half. It's going up a little bit here. Cowboys a slight dog. Mike, this is obviously the game that a lot of people are going to be focused on because it has the highest total. But it, it's, it's not that much higher than, let's say, the, the Detroit game that we let this show up with. With that said, I wonder how popular either of these quarterbacks are. Uh, Dak Prescott at 7,900, Tua Tagovailoa at 7,800. I'm curious how you're playing this game because it doesn't sound like like we've gone through all the games so far. This is the ninth game before we get to our cheat sheet in your top three. It doesn't sound like the way you're building, you're going to have any pieces of this game. What say you?
1: Yeah, I'm really not. Uh, and I do like the under in the game as well. Played it under 51 and a half uh, early in the week. So I think the opening number around 48 was more appropriate. Um, it's tough to get there because of the price points, uh, and frankly, the targets. While what we generally look for is we want condensed target shares, the problem is is when you have condensed target shares at, at week 16 in the season, those come with price points, right? So, like you look at Ceedee Lamb's price point, you look at Tyree Kill's banged up, you'd see the price point there. Um, they're somewhat prohibitive, especially. Do you want to pay $1,100 more for CeeDee Lamb outdoors versus Justin Jefferson indoors? Maybe. It's definitely possible that it's a better play. Uh, it's a lot harder to click that, though. So I, I think that, uh, especially when Justin Jefferson's quarterback is like 5K, um, they're good contrarian options, especially Tyree Kill if he goes. I just the price points are so prohibitive that I'm likely going to be out on it. Um, yeah, I'm likely going to be out on it.
0: Yeah, I can't see myself. I mean, I I, I think a Dak City Lamb stack is interesting. Um, I don't see myself getting to much of this game, if anything. I think Mostert at 7,300, if ownership is low, we, we know you can kind of push the Cowboys around with the running game. And Mostert does seem to be getting a lot of the quality looks while the game is still in reach. So I think he might end up being an interesting contrarian play. Uh, but that would really be the only thing I think I'd consider here, It's just very interesting. The the way the pricing has come out, it just seems like this game might be the game to ultimately avoid. Anybody to discuss as a standalone play here, Mike, or we, do we just move on?
1: I mean, if we wanted to mention Jake Ferguson, again, it's a price point's getting out of control. You know, remember when we started playing Jake Ferguson, he was $3,900. Yeah. He, he's now $4,900. Um mm-hmm. It makes sense. You know, he's got eight targets in three consecutive games and uh, is a legitimate weapon. But I I just can't quite get to it uh, with the price points that are out there. So while I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, probably one of the games everyone's going to want to watch and care about, uh, I think that it's probably one that's better suited to uh, just try and play a showdown slate that's offered for it than force it into your main slate.
0: Fair enough, and, and we, we can't leave this game without mentioning Tyree Kill at 9,600, but again, uh, especially if he's not 100%, which I don't think he is, he could absolutely go off. I, I think I'd just rather pay down for some of these other like big-time quality receivers that we've already talked about. By the way, um, our producer, Zach, has informed me that uh, Marquise Brown uh, recently declared out, I guess maybe within the last hour. Or so, Mike, just uh, in that game, listen, I, I don't really love anything on the Arizona side, but Obviously, especially if you're doing a stack, we mentioned the McBride bring back, but whether it's a bring back or whether it's a standalone play, guys like Michael Wilson, I mean, they didn't, Michael Wilson didn't get a lot of targets last game, but his, his route share is pretty good. Would a guy like Michael Wilson or maybe even Greg Dortch be in the conversation at 3,700, 4,000 respectively?
1: uh they would be it's Wilson's the guy we're going to have to really watch out for and Dorch Dorch did not practice uh Thursday it's possible Dorch hmm. doesn't even go in this one as well um so if that's the case it's uh pretty pretty thin out there for them so it's you know maybe time to go back to Rondell Moore yeah um, interesting so yeah it's not pretty uh DeMarcado the running back I, I think is maybe viable could get really involved in the passing game but Um, just because of his position, I think I'd be less interested. If I wanted to speculate, it would probably have to be Rondell Moore. If Dorch is out or, uh, Wilson.
0: Yeah. I I think my preference there would probably be Michael Wilson at 3,700, probably still not going to get a ton of volume, but we've seen him be a red zone target before, and he's come down with some nice catches. So could be one of those lines where he's got, you know, five targets, four catches, but he ends up springing a touchdown or two. So, uh, Probably not against the Bears defense, but somebody to consider if you have to go low at 3,700. All right, we got to get to your top three at each position. But before we do that, we're going to hear one more message from our partners. All right, let's do top three at each position, Mike. Start out with the quarterback position.
1: Before we do that, I have to give an update for those sweating the live college basketball game from the early edge. Yes. We have reached halftime. The score is 44-27. Our live total is 146 and a half. We have the over 133 and a half. We are looking good. We might consider a live under to be determined on that. Uh, But now let's get to the top three at each position. Quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Nick Mullins, and Joe Flacco. I love
0: it. Let me ask you this. Let Let me ask you this. Of those three quarterbacks, would it be Nick Mullins that you would incorporate in a cash game?
1: Or Flacco. Mullins and Flacco and cash, uh, probably because of the price points. Um, But yeah, who would have thought that we'd be this point in the season? And my top three quarterbacks Christmas week is, uh, I mean, Fields, sure, but Nick Mullins and Joe Flacco. We didn't even know Joe Flacco would be in in football shape. So I I love that part of this game. Uh, When we go to running back, Ty Chandler is number one for me. Uh, It's just a volume thing, and I think he's really going to catch passes from Nick Mullins. Devin Singletary has moved all the way up to number two for me throughout doing this show. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the volume is incredible there. Looking at the injury report, he's going to be involved. Um, Case Keenum, while I think he's a serviceable backup quarterback, I think he's going to want to get rid of that football very quickly against this Cleveland Browns defense. And then number three for me is Brees Hall right now. Could change to Jonathan Taylor, uh, but I think Brees Hall bounces back in a big way here. Uh, As far as wide receivers, I've been moving my third guy a lot. So the first two are very clear to me. It's Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore, the Mm -hmm. stacks to the two quarterbacks that I love. The -hmm. third one, I'm going to list another stack here with Flacco. It's going to be Elijah Moore looking at the price points. I had Jaden Reed penciled in, love Jaden Reed's skill set. I don't think he's going to end up playing after looking at it further. So, and if he does, I don't want to play him because I think he's got a significant
0: chance of re-injuring himself in that game. Okay, let me ask you this real quick. Um, Ty Chandler, Devin Singletary, Breesall, all cash game viable, I assume? Yes, yeah, definitely Uh, all
1: cash game viable.
0: At the receiver position, I assume DJ Moore more of a tournament play while Justin Jefferson can maybe qualify for both tournament and cash, or is Justin Jefferson also more of a tournament play?
1: Uh, no, Justin Jefferson cash game lock for me. Uh, I, I'd never use that word. I'd hate that word, but, uh, I think that that's definitely going to be where I go. Um, I also probably end up with DJ more in cash, believe it or not. Okay. So, um, I, you know, just to give you a, a very early example, again, this stuff can change drastically. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I love, I'm love. i just going to give you a whole lineup, and if it wins, you can thank me later, right? <laughs> Nick Mullins, Ty Chandler, Devin Singletary, DJ Moore, Amonra St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Chika Konkwu, Elijah Moore, the Jets defense, which is correlated uh, with Brees Hall, who were not playing in, and were playing Devin Singletary instead. Like you can get Amonra St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, the two running backs at massive volume. Uh, all on the same lineup. So, yeah, I think that's uh, very cash game viable.
0: Love that. Well, you teased uh, Chigakonkwo, so go ahead and give me your top three tight ends.
1: Yeah, Chigakonkwo is just the price point. And, look, I think the Titans are going to be trailing a little bit in this game with Seattle. I think they're going to try to win. They don't need to, but I think they're going to try. Uh, he is a big physical presence. Like, he, he catches passes. He's very quick for a tight end. Um, he's someone I want to use. Next, David Njoku. Going to be stacking him with Joe Flacco. I uh, love the volume. Really hard to argue against that volume. And then Evan Ingram. Uh, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Once again, he's beat up. Uh, got the ankle injury. Get rid of the ball quickly. We know that he loves Evan Ingram. So that, those are my three tight ends.
0: Love it. Uh, I have a very sad story to share that uh, I, in one of my big fantasy leagues, I missed out on advancing to the final round. We do like two week. Uh, cumulative scores uh, for one of two rounds, uh, the second round being the Super Bowl round. Anyway, long story short, I subbed in Evan Ingram instead of David Njoku. And I would have won my matchup by like a point and a half if I had David Njoku in there. So anyway, I'm still kind of feeling that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, so but here's my cheat sheet before we get to Mike's uh, Jared Goff. Like, listen, I think this is going to be relatively contrarian, and that's part of the reason I like it. Uh, Jared Goff, 6,900 to Amon Ross St. Brown, 8,200. My value is going to be Dontavian Wicks at 4,300. My chalk, Chuba Hubbard at 5,700. But we discussed a lot of sort of chalky plays. I think Devin Singletary, I, I might like even more, but they're certainly on somewhat equal footing. My contrarian play is going to be Aaron Jones at 6,400. I just don't think many people are going to go there. My fate is actually going to be Bijan Robinson. It looks like he's gaining some popularity. I understand why. I just rather in that specific range. Very easy for me to pivot off Bijan Robinson and maybe even pivot off Brees Hall for some other contrarian options in tournaments. However, speaking of Brees Hall, I do like him in cash quite a bit. All right, that's my cheat sheet. Mike, what's yours? You know, I
1: wrestled back and forth with Justin Fields or Nick Mullins for the quarterback. I'm going to play both. If you've listened to this podcast, you definitely know that. Uh, I'm listing Justin Fields here. Uh, I think the price points are still doable uh, to make it work. So Justin Fields to DJ Moore, Love this particular spot for them. I think they're going to score some points. I think that Arizona can push just enough here. Uh, my value play, Ty Chandler, 5600 A little more expensive than a typical value play, but it's to really hammer home that it's kind of a free square. Um, you, you should be playing him, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think the volume is going to be there. The price point is still great. Chalk play, Justin Jefferson. I think you should play him. He's $8,100 in a dome. He looks good, looks healthy. There's a very, very good chance that they are neutral or trailing that entire game, uh, which, which is going to be fantastic for him. My contrarian play actually goes with my fade. Uh, the contrarian play is Mike Evans. And I say that's contrarian because you've got Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Amonra St. Brown, Michael Pittman, all on this slate. Mike Evans is not going to be super popular. I like him. His teammate, Rashad White, is going to be popular because he seems to find the end zone on a long pass play or rush every single week. Uh, And the price point is caught up to it, $7,400. Just told you there's free squares at running back, so I am off Rashad White.
0: Absolutely love it. Uh, and again, Mike Evans, great. I, I also think Chris Godwin at 6,200, pretty decent value play. Although listen, we, I am chasing points to a degree. Mike Evans is the one that's put up the resume all season. Mike, let me ask you real quick before we get out of here. just we'll spend just a couple minutes on this. Uh, Meg shop and I did the Tuesday show. We actually did it Tuesday night. We had it rescheduled everybody go back and listen to that. It was a 45 minute show. We really kind of got into roster construction more than anything, more than just picking plays uh, on that, on this two game slate for Saturday. Listen, I think a lot of people are going to onslaught the bills. It makes sense. You know, Josh Allen, uh, James Cook, you could even throw, you know, Stefan Diggs in there, Kincaid, a flyer on Gabe Davis. There's a lot you can do with the Josh Allen stack. My question for you in these last couple minutes is in the Saturday slate, is, is it just going to be Josh Allen and just different roster construction with him? Is that how you're playing it? Or are there some stacks where you might be going to either Easton stick Mason Rudolph or Jake Browning?
1: It's predominantly going to be a Josh Allen stack. And it's mostly, you kind of mentioned it. You don't need the stack with even another pass catcher. I may not even recommend it. Um, I guess the two recommendations I would make would be a full Bills. So like Allen, Cook, Diggs, and Kincaid would be viable. Um, I think the most viable, though, is probably just Josh Allen and James Cook. And you're essentially it's more so than any other team really. Um, other than Singletary or not Singletary, Murray can snipe a touchdown, of course. Um, but generally speaking with Allen and cook, you are going to capture exposure to pretty much every offensive point, the Bills score. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where I would be most. Uh, and then T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, like if you want to double stack that with Browning, I think that's okay. Then you can run it back with Warren. Otherwise I think a, a build is likely to include, uh, you know Josh Allen, Jalen Warren, James Cook, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Boyd, I think is a, a core that kind of gets you started. And, and then after that, I think that this, the Chargers guys are somewhat sneaky with Everett and Palmer. Um, but yeah, you're, you're definitely starting with the Bills with Josh Allen and James Cook.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like I'm about to put a prop in later today on Jalen Warren. It sounds like you think he could have a pretty good game. He's certainly DFS viable.
1: 100%. Yeah, I think that uh, he's going to have a ton of success, at least between the 20s.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, stay tuned if you're not a Sportsline member. Uh, by the way, we, we just gave out a promo uh, for Sportsline on the Early Edge, which Mike and I are on uh, most days, but certainly on Fridays at, at 10 in the morning. But um, 60% off the annual plan if you type in winners as the promo code for Sportsline. The reason I bring that up is because I already put one prop uh, on on the show for for the Sunday slate. I'm going to put on probably five or six before we even get to Saturday and Sunday. So something to keep in mind. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This has been Fantasy Football Today, DFS. I think we're going to have a nice weekend. I think that I'm I'm sort of feeling this discussion. This feels really good. So hopefully everybody has a nice Saturday slate we have a contest for. Sunday slate we have a contest for. And oh, by the way, there's a Monday slate. I will create a contest for that. I just don't want three contests to be out there. So look out for the for the Monday contest, maybe in like a day or two once we get one of these contests underway. But please, in the YouTube description, in the podcast description, you will see the contest. I also tweeted it out. I think the main Fantasy Football Today account tweeted it out as well. Register for both. Until then, we'll talk to you guys soon. This is Fantasy Football Today. TFS. Have a great weekend.